welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am DM Celeste. It's true. And guess what? I'm DM Neil, a.k.a. Joke Maniac. And Celeste and I are here lifting the mental weights. And fun fact, Celeste, I have a question that I've already asked you. All right, I probably have an answer. Let's go. Do you want to be the number one go-to host co-host with me for DMnastics. I absolutely do, Neil. I'm ready to take on the challenge. Yes. So that is a thing that is true. And Celeste is the new go-to co-host for DMnastics. So eventually we will find an AKA worthy of DM Celeste. One day I need to earn my fighting title. I'll find it in the ring. (laughs) You will not get it this episode. Not a chance. Not yet. I'm new. (laughs) (laughs) There there are no such rules of any kind. We're world building, Neil. World building. Yes. But today we're going to tie back to episode number 149, Low Fantasy, which featured Calvin Johns. And we'll also tie back to Diamnastics number 123. I feel like that's the appropriate way to say that. That's nice. Yeah. And it is called Fantasy Limbo, which is really just playing off of the idea of low fantasy. Like how low can you go? Mm, Nice. Nice title. That was the, that one was got a little more dad jokey than normal, but yeah. So for this week's exercise in the spirit of low fantasy, we put together some props for people uh, to try and get encourage people to come up with cool low fantasy elements to put in their world. So we had four of these, and everybody could do either one or multiple. Uh, but the first one was to name a weapon and describe its history. Uh, the second one, we had pick a generic monster and give it a unique name and backstory. Number three, pick a spell that might be found as a scroll and flavor it as a unique creation. Or number four, describe a character in low fantasy world that the players can befriend to gain access to something they can't get any other way. And we wanted to see how low you could go. So yes, that was that. <laughs> So the next question is, which one or several did you choose from the forums to highlight? Well, well, Neil, I'm new, so I wanted to overachieve. So I actually ended up picking two. Uh, I actually picked three, but we picked the same one. But I'm, that's a little peek under the kilt there. But yep. uh, so you can, you can do that one if you want, or I can do one of my two. No, go ahead and do yours and then we'll jump in. Okay, sweet. All right, so my first pick I had, it's a simple one, but a goodie uh, for number two, talking about a monster. We had The Peat Beast by Rorik. So his idea, basically, a hill giant living in a swamp. Stories about him are false, calling him a monster made from the swamp. And these stories come from the tendency for the giant to cover himself in moss for hunting purposes. So I just really like that idea in a low fantasy setting. You know, people work up these creatures that they can't explain and then come up with these fantastic or spooky tales about them. So I just thought that was like a real classic, nice touch, Rorik. Yes. The swamp thing. The swamp thing. thing. Now your pick, Neil. Yes. So for mine, I have chosen. (laughs) Sorry. I tried to say this with a straight face, but I have chosen DM onesie night. (laughs) And their avatar is definitely a them. A fabulous photo, by the way. In a onesie. Crushing it. Yes, so good. And they picked the first question and they created the dragon spike, which is essentially this thing of lore, of lore beyond the ages, if you will. Because every 
sentient race seems to have a story as to what this is, what it did, who used it, all of these amazing things. But then when you go find it, you figure out that the story is far older than like reason, like reasoning, if you will. And it turns out to be this extremely crude, almost caveman like weapon of a fallen tree, kind of a rock at the end. But it was a weapon used to kill the first dragon. So it is like has all this power and has all this lore. But the person that was wielding it was almost like a. I don't. Sort I don't want to like, say. Yep, yeah, Cro-Magnon sort yeah. of like origin before the races developed into the individual races. Like, yeah, and so because yeah. I part of me was like proto-human, but I was like, that's not right because it's like proto being being. Yeah, yeah it's no, like, it was super cool. Yeah, so it and it's this really mundane, unmarked tomb, but all of the dragons of that world try and keep it a secret because it holds so much power. And I think it's, I mean, it's literally like a worldwide story for a single weapon, which is, I think, absolutely perfect for low fantasy because that could be the entire campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Finding the dragon spike or finding the truth of the dragon spike. Yeah. That was one of the three that I picked, but (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then keeping the truth of the dragon spike to yourself because you realize how bummed out everyone will be. Yes. Oh, I had one more that Go. I, I yes. figured we'd sandwich it. So okay. here's the second slice of bread here. Um, I also picked for, I picked a number four, which was uh, creating a character that uh, would give the PCs access to something may, they may not have. And I uh, this one is also by Rorik. Uh, so Brogan the Shoer. So he's basically a cobbler and horseshoer, which is super hard to say, horseshoer uh, living in this village. And he is rumored to be so good with animals that he can speak to them in their own language. And this gives him a sense of mystique. And uh, I love the little line he put in at the end that he might be willing to teach those who treat him rightly. So again, just that idea of a friendly, helpful like PC character who they may not have magic powers, but maybe they do. Uh, that's, you know, creating those local figures of legend, uh, super into that. So Brogan the Shoer. I like it. Mm-hmm. So with that, it's time to lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. All right. So it's time for us to do the prompt. I figure we could try and tackle all four. I believe in us. I believe nice. in our mental strength. We can do it. So, shall we name a weapon and describe its history? Absolutely. Do you have any ideas for what kind of weapon we shall so use? So instantly, I thought like I went to like kill Bill Hatori Hanzo like katana swords. Um, like the whole idea that these swords aren't inherently magical, but they are the best in in the world. So I think we should do a katana sword. I think that that works extremely well with the idea of low fantasy is that the craftsmanship, the quality of the material mm-hmm. may, transcends it beyond the mundane blade that someone would normally have on their day, like day to day kind of right. stuff. And maybe the mystique around the creator itself. I like it. Uh, I mean, my ability to not think of Hattori, like a Hanzo sword is <laughs> n- not Sorry, impossible. I ruined it. <laughs> We have to come up with a better name now for So, my idea is to tie it back to the people that commissioned the blade from 
our Hattori Hanzo type person. So what if we called the blade the Tokugawa? As if it was those people that asked him to make that blade. Oh, I love it. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Oh. <gasps> oh my gosh, we're so in sync. So now what is the history though? Why did the Tokugawa people ask to have this blade made? Perhaps it had okay, there was there was a kingdom and the ruler of this kingdom, um, the, the kingdom was besieged by, I don't know, some, some horrible enemy from the past. The, an enemy that seemed to bear mystical powers that nothing else could defeat. They seemed Im- immune, impenetrable, impenetrable to harm. And so this sword was commissioned as the best sword in all the land, because that was the only thing that could hurt these, these strange and fierce foes. I like it. And obviously some sort of leader of the army would be wielding this sword. The hero of the people or the lead yes. general or Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Sold. Did it. Number one, check. Number number one. Done. Next. Generic monster and give it a unique name and backstory. What about because I, I like the idea of something that's fairly mundane but then mm-hmm. it's like the you know the low fantasy kind of elevates it above that yeah like a beast of some kind that yeah has lived for too long or has some strange plague that makes it extra fierce and scary i say we choose a displacer beast love it and then you kind of have that classic where it lives near a town and it's got to, it's gotten too rebellious and starts killing all the livestock. And then the players are kind of asked to come in. So the question we would have to figure out is what in the world do we name it? By the way, that's the toughest thing. That is the true mental weight lifting of what do you name literally anything. Also, there's got to be something weird about it that it's not a normal beast. Maybe it's like born an albino beast, so it appears white. So it gets Ooh. like this, people think it's a ghost of some kind. So maybe like a oh. spectral quality. So it could be like the ghost of Hogs Hollow or whatever this this local town. Uh, they don't understand it's just a displacer beast. It just is this thing that seems to move through the, the shadows with this blinding white fur. Well, no, I love the idea of, of turning it into an albino version of that creature because normally they wouldn't be necessarily be seen. I mean, everything about it is kind of that it can hide well. You know, and it's that right. large cat. It's usually very dark colored. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, you know, it also kind of is just generally hard to see. Like, yes. was it there? <laughs> no, I missed. Now I died. But the idea that this one would be albino and the idea that it could be larger, mm. I think would be cool because it's just like, oh, well, everything's afraid of me, so I don't care. And I just kill and eat whatever I want. Right, right. Uh, and so is the tale of the ghost of Hogs Hollow. Yes, love it. So we're just setting them up, knocking them down. No. Boom. Yeah, okay. So a spell that might be found as a scroll and flavor it as a unique creation. This was the one I had the most, I don't know, the most challenging to think about. Because when you're, we've got low fantasy world, right? Things like magic scrolls and spells just have to be so rare and special. So the one, the one that kind of, 
comes to mind for me in those instances is something that's a little bit more permanent. Um, like the idea of like, oh, you found a meteor swarm. Mm-hmm. Okay, then that's the that's the thing they'll never use probably. Unless, I mean, unless you're kind of gearing things around the idea of needing to use it. But if it was something more like a summoning spell. Got it, yeah. Because then you could have really intense ritual that needs to occur, really intense materials that are required, and then it could also easily lead to something that they now have that they can continually use to be able to be better if you will. So what would they summon? Ooh, maybe it was like um, a, a scientist or a researcher or something. And he, he studied the stars in space and essentially he began to go mad as he thought voices were talking to him from beyond the stars. So he wrote a scroll to communicate with these creatures or to bring them down uh, to earth. So maybe a scroll of summon extra planar being or... Mm. Something of that nature. I like it. Because it also, in the idea of a low fantasy, kind of opening that door can definitely be your Pandora's box, if you will, for the realm of, uh uh-oh, like, yeah, we got what we wanted, but we also have a lot of new interesting problems (laughs) we've created. so much more than we wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Friends and their friends, and we're all dead now. Oh, boy. The star spawn want to eat our souls. all right well the our favorite part because we can create a cobbler if we wanted but they could make pies instead of shoes the (laughs) i don't want to do that but the last one is describe a character in a low fantasy world that the players can befriend to gain access to something that they can't any other way i mean so when i think of low fantasy i immediately am drawn to the idea of like uh witches especially like in medieval lore history so these wise women or people who were particularly good at medicinal healing um but were regarded as having supernatural powers so that's immediately where i went to um so maybe there is an npc who she encourages people to think about her as a witch with magical powers though she is actually just a very well-informed herbalist or um someone great with animals and nature I like, yeah, I like the idea of it being now the only place that they can get these things because no one else believes in them, air quote, trusts in them or anything like that. But then the adventuring party is like, well, no, just her doing things a different way that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to keep going back because it definitely works. Yes. <laughs> so what would be the name of this witch? Oh, no, I would want it to be something like innocuous, though, like Dorothea. Nice. Gertrude. Yeah, Gertrude. Like Goodman. Gertrude Goodman. Ah, uh, she's like, I don't know why everyone doesn't like me. <laughs> They'll let me hear their children, but they won't let me come over for dinner. Oh, poor Gertrude Goodman. Gertrude, she's just such a good person. Uh, so, with that, though, we've done it. We've done it. We've lifted the mental weights. So the question I have for you, though, is where can people go to find you on the Internet? Oh, yeah. So in case you forgot, everybody, my name is Celeste Conowich. You can go and find me on Twitter at C Conowich. Uh, you can also find me over on my own. Uh, I have an actual play podcast called Venture Maidens. Uh, you can check me out. I'm the DM over there. So find that at Venture Maidens. Yep. And for... 
us and what we do here, you can always head over to Twitter and go to at DMnastics. And you can also follow me at Joke Maniac, that's Jack of All Trades, Master of None, IAC. Or for everything else on the network, you can always go to BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com. So, rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head over to Taking Your Supplements. Taking Your Supplements! So, for today's Taking Your Supplements, Celeste is going to take it away. Because you have a great idea. I'm ready. All right, yeah. Hey, everybody. I have some great supplements for you today. Yum. Uh, all right, so uh, for my first one, I wanted to start off with uh, an oldie, literally, but a goodie. Uh, so I am recommending a magazine series that came out in 1986 and uh, has been going. It stopped around 2013. You might have heard of it. It's called Dungeon, uh, Adventures for TSR Role-Playing Games. So essentially what this was, this was a bi-week or bi-monthly magazine that came out uh, for a really long time and it is just full of mini modules characters locations tons of ideas that started off of course with AD&D but um there it's just so full of great ideas that it's easy to flip through pick one out adapt it uh to your own games i always pick these guys up when i'm running a little bit short of juice uh so you can find these online uh go ahead and type in you know look for dungeon magazine and uh, they have most of them cataloged online. You can get them. And of course, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm at conventions to to pick up one or two at those really cool old magazine spots. So that is my pick. So go ahead and uh, check that out. Yeah. The interesting thing is going back into a lot of those older ones. And there are quite a few two Perus. I mean, you basically. Yeah, two for what? They're basically 40 years, for like 40. 30, 40 years yeah. worth. So, yeah, you can probably find a couple. The other thing is seeing a lot of people getting their start yeah. in there. Like the first thing that Ed Greenwood really had published was The Crawling Hand, and it was in one of the earliest um, copies. A lot of stuff that Chris Perkins ends up bringing up. He can talk about when it was, oh, back in this. And seeing a lot of that stuff and then watching it get brought to fifth edition, I mean, it's just a great way to get ideas that maybe your players haven't seen because, oh, yeah. you know, they're 30, 40 years old and they still work. Definitely. It, it, it is nice knowing that, uh, you know, you're going to be running something fresh and bringing it to the table because you're you're using these ideas that were published so long ago. Uh, most of the time, people are just delighted to see new things. Um, I also love that they they throw in a lot of Ravenloft stuff in there. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of dark flavor. Um, they usually have. I don't know, one every couple issues or something. Um, so they're, they're a lot of cool and full of really great ideas. Yep. So go. Go find them on the internet, at your local convention, wherever they can be found. You should go. Do it. But with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises as well as other conversations being had. And to do that, you can head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>